Good morning to the Bronx region of the New York City Church of Christ. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to be here with you this morning. My wife and I are we're, we're super excited. Uh, we are, I would say, elated and overwhelmed, honestly. I feel very special, honestly. And, um, amen. Now, you got to be careful because tears have a way of coming out of my eyes very easily. <laughs> and um, I, um, I do want to share how, how grateful we are to be here. Um, we're going to be sharing our hearts with you this morning, hopefully to give you a picture of what's been going on back home and throughout the islands. And I pray that uh, we can inspire you, encourage you, and uh, continue to, to spur you on, because you guys are absolutely amazing. And I'm going to give you a round of applause. So we're going to have a clip at this time, and we're going to show this because we want you to know that we're not just here to represent Trinidad and Tobago, although that's where we're from. We're here to represent the Caribbean. And because of that, we feel as though it's right for you all to see some of the faces of the heroes that are right now working hard in the Caribbean. I mean, we'll share a little bit more about them as the time goes. So we're going to have the clip at this time. Yes, absolutely. I can sing, bro. But before we, well, while they're working on the technical stuff, um, I do want to share how amazing it has been meeting Maurice and Lauren uh, for the very first time in terms of personally. Uh, like Maurice shared, over four years or so, we've seen each other from a distance. Of course, we probably gave each other a hug, if so to speak. But um, it's just been an amazing opportunity to get to know them. Uh, obviously, it's only been a couple of days now. But um, they are an amazing couple, and uh, we, we already are endeared to them, and uh, we feel so much taken care of. I mean, they loved us like, oh my goodness, I'll be like, wow. Uh, we just felt like, is this for real? You know? And um, so it's just been a blast, and, and we got a gift in front when we just came in from a sister. I was like, all right, there you go. Come on. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for your hospitality. We feel so warmly welcome. We feel at home. And I mean, I, I just admire all the hearts, everybody coming and saying hello and making us feel at home. Thank you so much. I am personally grateful for the sacrifice of the New York Church. Um, because I know without the New York church, we would not have a church in Trinidad and Tobago. I wouldn't be married to this awesome man. I would not have my two beautiful children. You know, I wouldn't have the, the, this amazing family that we have. So thank you very much for your sacrifice. 
those brothers and sisters that you saw in the, in the clip, not all of them are full-time. There are only five churches. There are 14 churches, but only five are full-time leaders. But it's amazing how these brothers and sisters who have full-time jobs sacrifice to advance God's kingdom. They are my heroes. They are my heroes. And what is amazing is just the bond and the friendship that we are able to build across the islands. We meet twice a year to just get our own needs met spiritually, but also to bond. And it's amazing the goal and the vision that we have to reach every island where there is not a church in the Caribbean. And one of, one of our goals this year, we have been talking about passing it on to the next generation. Because, you know, in Judges, we don't want it to be where a whole generation is knowing God. And God has been amazing. He's allowed three of the lead couples, kids, to be baptized this year. That's Jesus, Jesus and Morales from Puerto Rico, um, Conway and Joanne Smith from Bahamas, their daughter, became all of them within the, la- within the month of January, one after the other. Um, so it's just amazing. It's amazing as well to see the hearts of the disciples focused on the mission. We've, there have been a lot of challenges um, where leadership has changed in some of the islands, but it hasn't discouraged or dissuaded the disciples from being about their purpose. And Barbados last year had, what, like one baptism. This year, in the month of January, they had three baptisms, one after the other. And, you know, it's, it's incredible just to see the hearts. Um, your giving goes a long way. It really encourages us. I want to share a little bit about what's been happening in Trinidad as well. Our focus this year, this year, the Trinidad Church, Trinidad Tobago Church will be celebrating 30 years. And our focus, our theme has been mission, motion, and maturity. And we've really seen a resurgence of the faith of the saints, people really being focused on the mission. And we've had some incredible baptisms. And I just want to share about a few of the people. There was one guy from the church in Tobago. Before he became a disciple, he persecuted the church. In fact, he pulled away some of the members of the church. And God, you know God, he is just amazing. He turned him around and he became a disciple. And what was amazing about him is he was like, I want to become a disciple. And this guy studied the Bible until 4 a.m. in the morning just to make sure that he would be a disciple. And he's doing well. He's doing incredible. There is a there is other guy called Afiba Wilson, right? Now, Afiba was living in a situation where he had to move out of his house immediately. He couldn't live, continue to live where he was living. And he was like, he wanted to be right with God. And he was like, I have no place to go. But you know what? If I have to sleep in the church building, I would sleep in the church building to make sure that I am right with God. And he slept in the church building the first night. <laughs> he, I mean, because of his situation, you know, and it's, it's just amazing to see the heart. We had a sister being restored after 15 years leaving the fellowship, came back 
and her name is Alison Young. And just to see her, how vibrant and fired up she is, you know, and God continues to bless. We had an incredible, not to be outdone, the women, we had an incredible women's day. And we had, out of that women's day, we had 46 women stepping forward to study the Bible. And so far, God has blessed us with two women becoming disciples, you know. So God continues to do amazing things as we continue to dream for him. So now you're stuck with me, right? That's my beautiful wife. Um, it is, like I said, a privilege for me to be here. And, um, you know, the reality is that there's much work to be done still. Uh, we cannot say thank you enough to the New York City Church of Christ um, for your giving, your sacrifice, and your desire to, to see God's word spread not just amongst your people here in New York, but even in the islands as well as Africa. So this morning, I'm tasked with encouraging our hearts this morning, and the theme that I chose was the mission. I felt as though it was appropriate, given it being Mission Sunday, right? But before we get into the lesson, let's bow our heads and pray. Our merciful, gracious, loving, and faithful God. Father, we know you sit on your throne in all your splendor and glory. But at the same time, God, you, your, your word says that your ear is not too dull to hear us. God, and, and we know that you look down from heaven. And you, you desire to connect with us every single day. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. The grace that we've received that allows us, God, to feel a sense of joy in the midst of turmoil. Great peace in the midst of strife. To have a hope knowing that no matter how difficult this life is, there is something in eternity for us waiting. I pray this morning that your spirit will be with us all. That you fill me with a sense of clarity as I speak. And I pray, God, that you will remove me and may you speak powerfully this morning through me. We thank you for every disciple here in the Bronx region of the Church of Christ in New York and for all the disciples all over New York, Father. I thank you for their giving. Bless their hearts, God, and continue to use them to do amazing things, God. Not just in the Caribbean, not just in Africa, but even here in New York that they can see amazing things happen for your glory and your honor. We love you, God. We thank you for this time. May your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, the mission. And I looked at the word and mission is an important assignment given to a person or group of people, typically involving travel abroad. That's the definition I found. But in my mind, I think about mission and the image that comes to, to, to my head right away is image of a soldier. You know, a soldier is a natural one that comes to mind when you hear the word mission. You know, Paul at times would use the idea of a soldier to speak 
of anyone who is willing to follow Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 10 it reads, Finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. One of my favorite passages in Ephesians 6. You know, there's a preparation that Paul is talking about which has to do with the life of a Christian. He or she is to prepare oneself for the battles ahead. Can I get an amen for that? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 4, Paul encourages young Timothy, says, Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Paul is referring to Commander Jesus. In Matthew 28, of course, the mother of all passages, when it comes to mission, I believe, verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You, know, you got to love Jesus and the clarity in which he spoke. But the reality is in this world... There are many people who have mission statements. You know, you, you use words to kind of affirm what you desire to do or what your plans are. I've, I've looked up a few of them, these companies. BBC says their mission statement is to enrich people's lives with programs and services that inform, educate, and entertain. Forbes, to deliver information on the people ideas and technologies changing the world to our community of affluent business decision makers. Independent Forbes have some big words in there, right? The Walt Disney Company. I just thought it would have been to have fun, but no, they said to be the one of the world's leading producers and providers of entertainment and information using its portfolio of brands and differentiates itself services and consumer products. You know, all three of these companies here have stated their mission clearly and are bent on making this a reality. They know what they are about and what their mission is. While there are benefits to having companies that are driven by the, their mission, I believe as a church, it is of utmost importance that we are more than clear about our mission with Christ. It needs to be crystal clear in our minds what our mission is for Jesus. On the screen you see a map of the Caribbean. There's a lot of souls that need saving. But however, from the New York City Church of Christ, you have been a shining example 
of what it means to be mission-minded. Your sacrifice and generosity has yielded much fruit for God and the advancement of His work in the Caribbean. For this, brothers and sisters, we are truly thankful and grateful. And I hope you understand that I really do mean that. Because the truth is, is that my family one day may become disciples because of the sacrifices that people have done before. While New York didn't plant the church in Trinidad directly, you guys planted the church in Jamaica. And in 1989, the church in Jamaica sent a team to Trinidad. And they planted the church. And then 10 years later, I became a Christian to God's glory. You know, I shared my story last year in Brooklyn. I'm sure if some of you guys were there. But the reality is that my life was a mess. I needed saving really bad. I don't have time to, to share everything, but you can go back to my sermon on the website and you'll hear a little bit about my story. But the reality is that... There's next slide. These are the souls in Trinidad, just some of them, that exist now because of the sacrifice of the saints. You know, the church in Trinidad now currently stands at 256 disciples, to God's glory. That is our north region. Next slide. This is the central region. Slide. Tobago. You got hope going on. We're able to help people everywhere. We have a teen ministry. And this is a very special picture for me because teen ministry is where our hearts are. I met my wife in the team ministry. <laughs> because of the team ministry, we have hope to see our children. I have an 11-year-old and a 12-year-old daughter. And there's nothing more in the world. Now, I know the teen ministry is a, is a rough ministry at times. And maybe your teens give you a hard time. But there's no better reward to see our teenagers become Christians. And I have the hope now because my children are growing up in the church and seeing teens who are Christians. 
seeing campus students who are loving God and fighting for their relationship with Him. And it means that I get to have a team around me helping my children to make it. So please, be praying for us. Next slide. We have a shepherding ministry that we're praying hard because there are no elders in any of our churches in, in the Caribbean. And obviously it's something that we got to focus on. Please be praying for us. Because we believe that with godly men who can raise up to take on these roles in the church is going to cause a great help to be a part of our, our churches and to raise up even more leaders and help with the work as well. I'm really sorry. So point number one, the mission of Jesus. No, Jesus knew his his mission, sorry. He knew why the Father sent him into the world. He aligned himself with his mission. Everything he did, everything he taught, everything that is recorded of his life in the Gospels was focused on accomplishing the mission for which he was sent. At the end of his life and ministry, he prayed to the Father in John 17. He said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Mission accomplished. You know, Jesus was a missionary. This application of of the term missionary to Jesus may sound strange, but Jesus exemplifies the truest sense what it means to be a missionary. Most Christians understand that a missionary is one who has been sent with the gospel to a foreign people or country to lead them to faith in Christ and among other things, multiply churches or disciples and establish churches. But just like what happened 30 years ago on our island, Trinidad and Tobago, a few faithful men and women came to the shores of the island and began the mission of Jesus. And here we are 30 years later. You know, it's, it's a glorious year for us. So we'll be celebrating come July 28th. We're going to be having our um, 30th anniversary Bring Your Neighbor Day service. And um, we're going to have some New Yorkers come down. I don't know if I should call names, but I'll just leave that as it is right now. I'm going to step out of my lane here. You know, but Jesus was sent to the earth by the Father with the gospel. He was not sent to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, the Bible says in John 3.17. He proclaimed the gospel, he made disciples, and he established his church. Then he sent his followers on a mission with the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth in Acts 1.8. You know, he commanded them to make disciples to baptize them and to teach obedience to all. Matthew 28. 
Jesus initiated a missionary movement. This was the mission of Christ. And I dare say, brothers and sisters, this is our mission today. It needs to burn in our hearts every single day. We need to have the lens of Christ when we see people to say, look at the crowds and how harassed and helpless they are, like sheep without a shepherd. They are broken families. Men who are addicted to pornography, immorality, and every desire that is there that Satan gives to them. But only because of Christ, we too have been able to escape the flames. So I pray that we are thinking about what it means to be a missionary for Jesus. That was his mission. Point number two, the mission of the follower. The mission of the follower. Every follower of Jesus instantly becomes a missionary. Sent with the gospel message. In evaluating Jesus' mission, one must observe the pattern of Jesus. As he traveled along the villages, he trained his disciples to do what he was doing. Yet, when he left, he summed up the mission he was giving them to his disciples at the Great Commission in Matthew 28. That commission to make more disciples remains the mission for us today as his followers. You know, from the book Winning on Purpose, John Kaiser notes, he says, the object is not to find them, gather them, or improve them. The object is to make them. We got to make disciples. Now, Jesus sent every believer as a missionary with the gospel, together in community with other Christians, to visibly and incarnationally display and proclaim who Jesus is to those in the culture around them. Every Christian like Jesus is a missionary. Every neighborhood and every workplace. Every mission field. You know, the Caribbean region continues to be a mission field that needs to be evangelized. And you guys have set a great example in this way. But there's so much more needs. There's so many more islands that need to be met. Like my wife shared, one of the biggest challenges that we face is the reality that we have very little leaders currently in our churches. My wife and I lead four churches in, the, in Trinidad and Tobago. We're the only couple that leads in a full-time capacity. The church in Tobago, Central, South, they're all led by those who work. I mean, these guys love God, and they'll do it anyway. I mean, I, wasn't, I, I consider myself a full-time leader whether or not I'm being paid. Because that's just what I'm called to. I'm a disciple first. But we understand the need to have men and women who are fully engaged in the work of building God's church. So I pray that not only will you sacrifice financially, which you've been stellar in doing so, but I ask that you be praying for us. Praying that doors will open to allow hearts to grow in a big way so we can see the work advance in an amazing way. Next slide. You know, these are baptisms for the year in Trinidad. And it's because there's a focus. 
I'm trying to figure out how to save souls. You know, these are a product of generations of, of men and women growing up and learning how to become disciples and doing right and doing what God has called them to do so that now these people have a chance to enter into the kingdom. To God be the glory. Next slide. But look, when you look at the joy in these faces, to me, it's priceless. It's priceless because none of us can either, can either pay for our salvation, nor can we work for it. You know, our campus ministry needs to flourish again. And these are a list of things that I, I ask for you to be praying for. You know, for our teens to continue to fall in love with God. And to grow in the word of God. For our marrieds to grow in their marriages and set an amazing example for the singles. There's a big man where he's here. I just got to preach, man. I can't let you preach now. Somebody needs to move their car. It's very important. It's a caravan. It's on the corner. The license plate is AF56403. So if you have a caravan that's on the corner, a black one, uh, please move that because the people are kind of, you know, kind of trying to get out. So, hate to interrupt you, though. Sorry. That's fine. It's all good. Somebody's got to get It's all good. We wouldn't steer you down in the aisles. So, be praying continually for us. Pray for our singles to dream again. For God and not to be limited by their circumstances. For men and women to raise up and offer themselves to lead again in a full-time capacity. You know, elders to be appointed, like I shared earlier, in the near future, because there are no elders currently. You know, throughout the book of Acts, the church is seen as the people of God on a mission sent by Jesus with the gospel in community. To the, or should I say, refusing the culture that I think naturally lashes back at what it means to be a disciple. You know, the church is a missionary church. The church is sent by Jesus. The church is proclaiming the gospel. The church is making disciples. The church is on a mission. And that's what it means to be a follower. It means that we are together on a mission for Christ. So I'm going to say... Together we are on, and you're going to say mission, right? Together we are on a mission. Amen. Awesome. Now this is why we're here this morning. Because of your missionary hearts and your desire to see the gospel message spread, your sacrifice through your giving has done just that. Everyone who is committed to following Jesus has been sent by him on a mission to reach those around them for Christ. Every church needs to be a missionary church. Every disciple needs to be recognized by Jesus as those being sent to spread the gospel message. You know, Christ, to your culture, to your neighborhood, to all of your street corners, the persons who live like in Trinidad, how we describe where someone lives, right? You will say, person who lives next to the doubles man, at the corner, after the tall mango tree, 
in the yard with the orange house, with the white wall to the front, after the house with the two German shepherds. That person is also on the radar for the mission for Christ. So I don't know if it's going to be here in New York. It might be on the subway, on your job, in your neighborhood, wherever it is. That's your mission field. And I encourage you to have the same heart that you have for us. Have it for your people as well. We see it. And we're inspired by that. But I'm, I'm learning, I'm, I'm, I'm a young minister, and I just, I can't not speak to those who are seeking. It's just part of my, my job. I'm supposed to preach God's word. And if you're here this morning and you're visiting, and maybe you're, you're studying the Bible. Maybe you're on, you're on the fence a little bit. I don't know where you're at. But there's a mission for the seeker. And I want to talk about that briefly before I close. Who is a seeker? I believe anyone who truly desires to know God and is actively doing whatever it takes to get to know Him at all costs. That's a seeker. You know, the person, this person has made up his or her, her mind that they must find Him and will stop at nothing to do so. If you fit that category this morning, I'm happy for you. But there's a mission that you need to be on. You know, the Hebrew writer speaks of an eternal rest that God has in store for all those who live in obedience to His will for their lives and to seek Him out. In Hebrews 4.11, he says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. You know, the Israelites got to a place where they disobeyed Moses and God, ultimately. And because of their disobedience, they perished in the desert. You now, this is what it means to seek God. There is an eternal and de- or intentional and deliberate pattern of behavior that is driven by the agenda of God through the Word, along with godly men and women He places in your life. In other words, your life looks different. Things that you would naturally go after, now it's all about God. It's all about figuring out, how do I get connected to this guy called God? How do I really, truly know who He is? And I, I think about the story that my wife shared about our young brother in Tobago. He was seeking and his desire was that not a day is going to go by before I make it to the waters of baptism. So much so that he was prepared to sleep on the cold concrete. Though we would have gotten a mattress for him and figured him out afterwards because it was very late. But the reality is it didn't matter. I think if you had told him you guys sleep at the street corner tonight, he'd be all right, I'm fine. Guess what? I'm a disciple now. Is this your heart this morning if you're seeking? Are you stopping at nothing? You know, the seeker's mission 
is to get to know God. I'll tell you a story just dear to our hearts of a young sister who got baptized last year, September. A mature sister. After getting baptized and filled with the Spirit of course through baptism, loving God and life, she came to New York to be with her family. Just a visit. And while she was here, she had a stroke. She remained in ICU to this day. We're praying to go see her sometime this weekend. But the amazing thing is that you look at that story and you tell yourself, it could have been a very different story. What if the sister who was sharing her faith and reaching out to her didn't? Decided to be selfish. Or to think, man, I, I have no time to study the Bible with this person. But she didn't. That sister is an amazing, mature sister in our church. And I, I remember her praying feverishly. She was like, man, she's been studying the Bible with so many people. And nothing was happening. And guess what God did? He blessed her. with a young sister in Gale's school. You know, that gives me chills. Because I wonder how many people right now are just like her. That their days are numbered. Now, of course, our sister is still with us. Praise God for that. But we don't know what God has in store. But even in the midst of that tragedy, the church in Brooklyn, I believe it is, is a sister who is reaching out to her and has been going... And I mean, thank God for the kingdom. Oh my God. I mean, it is amazing. Absolutely. And now, our sister's sister who lives here is in connection with the church and is just in love with just, just the love that she's seen. She's like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. So, you know, this is the message that we have. This mission is not a Forbes mission. It's not a mission of Walt Disney or of any company. Maybe your company has a mission statement. This is Jesus' mission. And we need to be sold out, fired up, and excited for the mission for Christ. Amen? So the mission of Jesus, he was sent to earth by the Father with the gospel. He was not sent to condemn the world, but to save the world. The mission of the follower, every follower of Jesus instantly becomes a missionary sent with the gospel message. And the mission of the seeker, anyone who truly desires to know God, will actively be doing whatever it takes to get to know him at all costs. This person is made up, has made up his or her mind that they must find him and we'll stop at nothing to do so. Our mission is clear, brothers and sisters. The commander has spoken. Let us not delay. Let us not pause, stutter, or be distracted. Let us continue to give our hearts to the mission as we seek to please our Lord and King Jesus. Again, we thank you, the New York City Church of Christ, for your sacrificial giving towards the work in the Caribbean and in Africa, and we thank God for the partnership that we share in the gospel 
as we proclaim Jesus and be about His mission. Amen? Praise God.